0: You're listening to Hockey Prospect Radio on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Here's Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. We're back in our 2024 World Junior Championship Prospect Review, powered by Huddle Analysis, offering the largest data and video library of players, teams, and leagues worldwide. We're now going to talk about Team Sweden in that respect. And right off the hop, let's talk about Jonathan LeCaramacchi and he was a player that I thought, and we had mentioned this in the, in the preview show as well, that really needed to have a strong tournament. And because of the injuries that he sustained last year and the up and down season that he had, I thought it was really important for him to come in and show a level of dominance in the one area that he can just explode in. And that's scoring goals. That's what he is. He's a goal scorer. He's a sniper. And can he do that at the clutch times in the game? And take over a game in terms of just being able to constantly be a threat when shooting the puck. And I think in this tournament, he absolutely did that. Seven goals in seven games and uh, really in some, you know, some really big games, you know, obviously scored like he had three goals in the, you know, in the semi in the semifinal and then into the into the gold medal game. So for me, that really stood out like when his team needed him, he scored goals and I think he just looked more fluid and mobile and comfortable and had that kind of cocky, really kind of like arrogant kind of edge to him that he couldn't be able to do whatever he wanted to.
1: That's a really good way to put an arrogant edge. You know, when it comes to this player type, it can be extremely difficult to evaluate their translation to the NHL. And the reason why is because basically their entire game is predicated off of being able to find time and space and soft pockets of ice or in heavy traffic to get the shot off. And the other factor is that they you rely more on seeing their mental approach, much almost in the same way you, you rely on uh, rely on it with a goaltender. And the reason why is because an elite shooter has to have that arrogance, that confidence, that that bravado that they're going to score the next shot. Now, uh, it's it's one of those situations with Karamaki. I agree with you. I think last year it, there was huge confidence issues after coming back from his injuries. He never looked right, and at this event, he certainly looked much more like the first round pick that uh, Vancouver had there. And uh, that's that's it. Just comes down to confidence. Timing, understanding how to put himself in the right spots at the right times, reading his line mates better. Uh, and yeah, I thought he did all of those things. So, you know, the, the next step for him uh, will be can he create that secondary skill set, that ancillary skill set that will allow him to stay up in Rick Tockett's lineup because we've seen it with Andre Kuzmenko. You can be a world-class yeah. talent, but if you don't have that secondary skill set, if you can't defend, if you can't back-check, forecheck, then you're in trouble in that system. And Lee karanaki doesn't project to be that great in those areas. So he's going to have to individualize his approach in that secondary skill set in some area so he can stay up in the lineup in Vancouver's system. But I right. thought he was fantastic at this tournament.
0: Well, then that's where I think he would be more effective as the F2 on a four check where you have the F one forcing the play to try to make a turnover. And then he could be there to be opportunistic and maybe jump on loose pucks or find an opportunity and get, get a shot away when defense and the goaltender are not necessarily set. And then, and just be a back checker in terms of you don't have to bang and crash, but just force pressure skating back hard. So that the puck carrier or like an option has to like, deviate from the path they want to or allow their defensemen to stand up that's all he needs to do if he can just do those two things I think that's enough for a guy who's a goal scorer because finding a guy who's so well-rounded is so rare like that's that's just not going to happen so curious to see if you know he can add those things at a higher level into his into his arsenal let's talk about Theo Lindstein now I had boldly said that he should be on the roster, and he would be a catalyst to be played. And I didn't understand why he wasn't on the roster in the in the in the pre preview show. And then the injury happened. He got on the roster, and then ended up being the best defenseman in the entire tournament with eight points in seven games, and was the glue along with Tom Willander for the Swedes in terms of making intelligent, precise plays with the puck, but also just being absolutely annoying in terms defensively just getting in the way he just like we talk about like the other side of the karamaki having to create time and space and find seams i thought feel instinct did a great job of just taking away time and space and taking away themes and all the plays ended up dying or going to the outside to the far to the boards of the ice where there was no threat like overall um it was hard not to come away from this being really impressed with the his play in the tournament
1: yeah, so we've had Tim Taylor on our program multiple times, and he mentioned, uh, you know, he feels Lindstein can be a, a massive mini leader for the Blues uh, in the not too distant future, and and uh, he's, you know he's a very interesting prospect in the sense that I do feel he falls in the category of a player type that is it's not it's not uh, going to be as prominent as it used to be, and that's a puck mover, a, a, a mid-sized puck mover, and the reason I think Lindstein uh, will be able to still make it despite there being less of them is because there is one specialized quality with him that is super rare, and that's that he can thread layered passes through traffic yeah. and stretch the length of the entire ice and do it cleanly and efficiently and consistently. And that is absolutely the hallmark of his game. He He's not ever going to be that fancy dynamic player that that is. we just talked about Z-Boom being the rover and coming in as the F3 or F4 in a, in a play and then making something happen uh, but offensively. Pl- but in
0: the playoffs... That's the kind of passes that matter to forwards. The passes he make, yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah, and that's what he is. He, he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of a twos where they're quiet and people won't remember them, but they were absolutely everything when it came to being the catalyst for the play developing, right? And that's what he is, and and that's what you saw here, right? That's what Theo Lindstein's game is: quiet, efficient, composed, and he can eat minutes for days, and he's looking fantastic up there.
0: Yeah, defensively, I just thought, you know, he was obviously competitive. Um, you know and that's not an issue in terms of competitive edge and willing to battle. That's not it and he'll block shots and he'll do all those things, take hits to make plays. But I just thought his ability to like to bust up plays before they got to the top of the circle, just taking away time and space, gapping up really well, angles angled really well, sticks in lane and just forced, he just he kept his his body position and his stick and his skate straight onto the to the forward coming down and force them to make the first play. And then they would commit, then he could take away time and space. So I thought, you know, overall, in this tournament, he played exceptionally well. I'd like to get your thoughts on Otto Stenberg, because, again, I pretty boldly said that he was going to be the catalyst for on the offensive side for the Swedes, and considering what talent they have on that team, that could have blown up in my face. But he came out and had a a really great tournament. He, He got a point in every game he played in, a goal or, or a couple assists he had a hat trick in one game, but I just thought his competitiveness, his energy, his intelligence and his smart defensive play. Cause he was so consistent made a huge difference to that. The kind of that middle of that lineup and just ripping apart some second and third lines for the opposition.
1: Yeah, he's so good internationally. Huh? He just every time yeah. he dons a Swedish jersey, he is unbelievable. This kid, he finds a different level to his play, uh, and that that goes to his leadership qualities. I feel like there's some yeah. some real character qualities to how he how he plays on the ice. Um, you know, the, the thing with this kid that really stands out with with Otto is that he's just so versatile. You know, he's, he's the Swiss Army knife. He's that prototype that you're looking for. And he can do absolutely everything. If you need him to be a playmaker on a line with somebody, say, theoretically like Le Carimacchi, and set up Le Carimacchi, he could do that. If you need him to be a finisher off of a, uh, off of a power play, he can do that. If you need him to play down low, play weighted minutes against heavier defensemen using his edge work and his handling combination, he can do that. If you need him to back check, forecheck, if you need him to actually make a, a defensively responsible play, he can do that too. He's starting to develop that as well. That's coming. That that was a bit behind those other characteristics, but, it, but it's coming. So when you look at it, does he have the ceiling of some of these other top-end uh, first-rounders? Probably not. Probably not. Looks more middle six ish, but you're getting a very useful high floor versatile player, and I'm sure I'm sure Saint Louis was thrilled with the, the the tournament that they saw when it came to the sweets that they have. But Otto was great.
0: Yeah, I look at Otto and you know you're trying to if you're going to project him out, and even when he was going into the draft, I, you know, I don't like to make car- player comparables, but the player that came to mind me was Michael Backlund out of Calgary, and in the mm-hmm, first that's part a great, of Mike. And, and in the first part of his, his career, he was a, a really good second-line center. But as his career, he started to get a little bit older, he actually you know morphed into, because of his, his versatility, into this excellent third-line player who could do a lot of different things as well and was super versatile. So I wouldn't be surprised that you know Otto Stenberg ends up having this 14, 13-year career in the NHL. And maybe the first half of that, he is a really good second liner for the blues. And in the the, the back half of that, he's, you know, it goes into it and is a really good third liner who wears a letter um, and is a leader for his team in terms of how he plays and how consistent he is and his professional like demeanor. Cause the one thing I noticed about him that I really liked is body language. I watch body language and players a lot. And when things don't go well, he didn't, sh- you know, show bad body language or get, you know yell at his teammates or anything like that it was like very positive body language in that respect so for me i was i was impressed with a lot of things he did in this tournament and like you said international tournaments for whatever reason this guy this guy's game is great so uh lucky for the swedes in that respect but brad and i are going to take a short break we'll be back right after this every play every stat every breakdown On their own, they're essential, but altogether, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash hpr to learn more.